welcome everybody to the Kona Shame Veterinary Podcast. I am your host, Dr. Andy Rourke. Guys, I am here with Stacy Purcell, the vet recruiter. Stacy has been a friend of mine for a long time. Um, I don't know that anybody in our profession has been involved in more hiring of employees than Stacy has. She uh, she is a recruiter, so she has uh, worked for employers who are trying to hire new people, and she has also worked with people who are looking for jobs. Uh, as you can tell in this episode, she is a wealth of information. I really enjoy her. I love hearing her anecdotes about different people uh, in their in their employment search and things like that. Anyway, uh, I, I want to talk to Stacy today because. I have heard a lot of stories recently about job interviews gone bad. And what I mean by job interviews gone bad is not that the person didn't get hired or didn't choose to be there, but that bridges were burned or people left having hard feelings about how the interview went. And I, I thought about that and I asked Stacy, and she said, oh my gosh, you have no idea. It, it's yes, this is, it's never been, it has never been as common as it is now for things to just absolutely burn down. And so anyway, um, I brought Stacy on to talk about how to avoid that. What what should a what should a job interview look like? And and I took the position of, of someone who was seeking a job, but then I ended up switching sides at some point and asking questions about the employer. And uh, it just it was just a fascinating conversation. And she really played both sides very well. And so anyway, if you are thinking that you might be looking for a job, if you're thinking you might be hiring somebody who's looking for a job. Uh, if you know uh, vet students uh, that uh, that would be looking for a job in the future, this is a great episode just to hear um, because, man, it, it was full of little pearls and just really great reminders about how to be successful. So anyway, guys, that's enough from me. Let's get into this episode. This is your show. We're glad you're here. We want to help you in your veterinary career. Welcome to cone of shame with dr andy rourke welcome to the podcast stacy purcell how are you i'm doing great andy how are you i am so great it is so great to have you here i enjoy you so much i love when our paths cross and we get to talk i have known you for a long time uh probably since i was in vet school i think uh was when we met but um you are a dynamo you do so many things i enjoy your columns you you write for a number of different magazines and things like that you are a speaker uh but, but the things that you're mostly known for is you are the founder of the vet recruiter uh you were the uh the first uh sort of um executive search um sort of i, I don't know a service in in vet medicine you um I said, I, I don't think anybody knows more about hiring and getting hired in our industry than you do. And uh, so I always like to reach out uh, to you when I have questions about about employment and uh, and the process of getting jobs and, and hiring people. And so anyway, that's that's how I know you. And uh, and that's what I want to talk to you about today. Does that sound OK? It sounds great. I'm so honored to be here. Uh, it makes me feel old, though. What year were you investing? Oh, no. As soon as I said that, I was like, oh, no, that's not. Uh, so 2008 is when I graduated from vet school. I can't, I, I can't remember if I knew you in vet school or shortly thereafter, but you are, you're such a star in our industry and you're so well known. Uh, it did not take long until until I uh, became aware of your writing and started to see you speak and things like that. Well, you're only as old as you feel, and I feel like I'm about 30. So even though there I've been go. doing this for 26 years, I wake up every day just loving what I do. That's so great. Oh, I love it. 
Um, absolutely love it. Okay. Well, the reason I wanted to have you on today is, is this. So I've heard a number of stories that kind of feel the same to me. And what happens is, I, I, usually I hear it from, from a practice manager or, or a medical director or something like that. And they'll talk about interviewing a veterinarian or a paraprofessional for a job. And what they'll say to me is this person came in and they had these, uh, unrealistic salary expectations. They came in and they wanted some amount of money or they wanted a benefit package. That's just, holy moly, astronomical. And when I said, well, that's not, you know, that we're nowhere close to that, they sort of said, well, that's just sort of what it is. And what happens ultimately is these people don't get hired and they leave a bad taste in the potential employer's mouth. And I'm hearing this story, and I'm only hearing one side of the story. And I suspect that the person coming in has probably had conversations in the realm, a salary realm that they're asking for, or things like that, where they have reasons to believe that that is a, a worthwhile salary or a salary that, that is justifiable. And so I'm not getting to hear their side of it. I do not think that these people are coming in. I, my, my impression is they're probably not completely off base here. There's just a radical difference in expectations. And so I think my, my interest is not what is a, what is a, what is the going salary rate? My interest very much is if you are looking for a job and you're interviewing, what are the best practices uh, and what are the pitfalls we want to avoid when we go in and we're going to advocate for ourselves? So we are going to negotiate and we are going to ask for the salary that we need to have or that we want to have. And so we're not going to be timid. However, we want to present ourselves professionally in a way that's not going to have this kind of the whole conversation melts down right on this point and then there's no there's no back and forth or the bridges are burned as we leave. And so does that, so first of all, let me just ask, does that story resonate with you all at all? It all makes sense. Yes. And that story resonates with me. Um, you know, we're in unique times in veterinary medicine. I've been in the space, like I said, 26 years. And uh, right now we're having a supply and demand issue. There's more demand for veterinarians than there is supply. So uh, what that means is that, unfortunately, it causes some people to think that I'm in so much demand, I can behave any way I want, or I can ask for whatever it is that I want, but they don't think that, you know, the tables turn. We're not always going to be in this situation in this type of economy where um, we're in a job seekers market. At some point, the tables will turn. And so those things that people do now that are unprofessional or if they burn bridges, that'll come back to Dahanam in the future. Yeah, absolutely. So so knowing that, let me go ahead and start to let's let's sort of set the table here. So say that you've got uh, you've got a um, we we can say a veterinarian um, just to 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 give an example to work with. We've got a veterinarian that that you're coaching, and they're going to go in and they uh, they're going to talk to, to a practice that's interested in hiring a veterinarian. The 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 salary area is just sort of opaque right now. We'll say we'll say that there's they haven't really gotten into that. But 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 our veterinarian going in, they have salary expectations or they have needs or they just want to put themselves in the strongest position possible. What kind of advice do you give them, Stacy, to set the table to have a productive conversation about salary with a potential employer? Well, the first step I would say there, Andy, is not to not to lead with the salary. Okay. Um, that should be the very last thing that should be discussed in an interview situation. So uh, the number one piece of advice that I'd give that person is everything they do from the start to the finish of that process. Uh, number one, be professional. And number two, um, 
good communication skills. I have countless stories about things people have done, especially in this market that are unprofessional, could give you some stories we can laugh about today, and then um, poor communication skills. But salary should be the thing that should be discussed the very last, the very end of the interview process. When you say good communication skills, everybody thinks they have good communication skills. The worst, the worst communicators are like, no, I'm pretty solid. Um, what, what do you mean when you say good communication skills? So when you say, hey, you know, have good communication skills and the, and the wide-eyed veterinarian looks at you and says, how do I know? What, what are these, what are the good skills? What, what, what specifically, uh, are you sort of advocating for, for people to, to follow? Well, let's talk about the bad first. So those that don't have good communication skills, number one, they don't communicate at all. They might think they're communicating, but, you know, I call them a client, but from the candidate's perspective, an employer, the employer is reaching out to them and whatever communication method, whether that be LinkedIn or a text message or email or phone call, and that person's not responding. And then sometimes that employer is you know, reaching out two and three times over, you know, days, weeks, and the person's not getting back. And they might think that they're responding, but from the employer's perspective, you know, if you're a candidate interviewing, you want to respond that same day or at the very least within 24 hours, you don't want to go days or weeks without responding. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it's amazing how much it means to people, but everybody wants to feel wanted. Like, I, I feel like that's really true is everybody wants to feel wanted. I have 100% looked at different clinics that I was going to go work at. And I got the impression that one of them was like, you need to be here. Like, we want we want you to be here at our practice. And like, that that means a lot, you know, uh, to, to feel like you're important. And so I can absolutely understand how somebody would say, you know, I'm really busy. And I get I get messages, especially through things like LinkedIn. You go, oh, you know, I'll check, check it when I get a chance or I'll get back to it. And, and I get it. But that sort of sense of this sending the message, this is important to me. And so I'm I'm responding. I, I think that, that that makes a lot of sense. I've had candidates, Andy, that I sent a LinkedIn message to, and two years later they'll respond and they'll go, <laughs> I'm interested, or I'm not interested. And I go, Well, it's good you're not interested because that job was filled two years ago. It's like it took them two years to look at a message. Oh, that's funny. All right. So so just be communicative and, and open coming in. And 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 step one is, you know, be be professional. All right. So we start to come in. Um I, I would like the idea of, you know, uh, obviously bring coming into salary last. Do you do 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 people have concerns coming in? Like so what I'm looking at, you know, I'm looking at, at new graduates from vet school are getting the highest salaries they, they've ever gotten. So I talked to a mutual friend of ours, uh, Dr. Karen Felstead, yes. recently. And she, uh, it was funny, she mentioned you on the podcast, uh, but but I was like, oh, I'm getting to talk to Stacey uh, very soon. I, so I love great. Karen Felstead. She is awesome. So she was saying that new graduates were getting salaries right now were between 100 and 150,000 for new graduates. Yes. And that's got to be a shocking number for a lot of veterinarians who maybe haven't been keeping up with the employment market. You know, they've been head down, working shorthanded, trying to, you know, keep their head above water. And then a new uh, a new graduate veterinarian comes in. And I'm not trying to make this just about new graduates, but a new graduate veterinarian comes in and says, I'm looking for $150,000 starting salary, which is in that range. And they, you know, they I could see them absolutely seeing it as an opening marketing position. And I can also see that veterinarian uh, employer just going, there's no, we are so far apart. There's no way this is going to happen. So, so given that, are there things that you, um, I guess, I guess my thought in this is just, are there things that can avoid us going through an extended song and dance 
and sort of courtship, if you will, only to find out at the very end that we are not we are not in the same ballpark. It, do you do you or do you say no? You go through the whole process, or are there are there things where you can try to try to check that out earlier on, just so we don't spend? I would hate to go through a working interview and everything just to find out this was never going to happen. Yes. So there, um, how I would answer that is, um, like I said before, salary should be the last thing that should be discussed. And there's a number of reasons why I'll say that, which I'll go into. But every new grad's not getting 150,000. We've sure. seen we've seen new grads get in the range of 100 to 150,000. We've seen new grads get 150,000, but I would say the majority of them that I've seen in the last year getting anywhere from 100 to 135, with the right. average probably somewhere between. Uh, 110 and 120. But, you know, I've had new grads turn down offers for 135 or 140 because they could get 150 offers somewhere. But the problem with coming right out of the gate with the salary discussion is that you haven't seen the whole package yet. And it's like you're using your leverage too early or you're losing leverage in this situation is because what's happening is they don't know how good you are. Uh, If you bring the compensation discussion up on the front end, um, they don't know if they want to hire you and they might have other candidates that they're looking at too. And, you know, the, you're interviewing with multiple practices, probably the practice is interviewing multiple candidates. And at the end of the process, the practice is making a comparison between all of their options. You're making a comparison between all of your options. And it really comes down to which position do you want? Um, you know, somebody could get paid the the highest salary out there, um, what was that movie that Tom Cruise was in back in the 80s or the 90s where he goes to work for the mafia and they offer him the highest salary and he's miserable and he's trying to figure out how to get out of there? You know, somebody might offer you the highest salary, but it, it might be a miserable situation. It might mm. be a place where you don't want to work. So salary's not the, you know, shouldn't be the number one priority. It should be, you know, where am I going to, where, where am I going to fit in the best? What am I going to learn here? You know, where is this going to help me get to in my career? You know, what are your goals and uh, those other factors? So I still say wait till the end to discuss salary. Yeah, that no, that that absolutely makes sense. Hey guys, I just want to jump in real quick and let you know that my back to school webinar series is winding to a close. I've had a bunch of webinars on recently. Uh, they're done by me. They're done by guests of mine. This uh, I've got one more live one coming up. It is on. Tuesday, September the 19th. That is at noon Eastern time, 9 a.m. Pacific. It is a one-hour presentation. It has one hour of race CE. It is a presentation by me. I will be doing getting the team on board with a spectrum of care approach. If you listen to the podcast very much, you know that I'm big on spectrum of care. I think it's important to balance the quality of care that we put with affordability and accessibility to pet owners. This is about talking to the team about those concepts and getting everybody in the same place so we feel good about providing quality care and striving to meet pet owners where they are. So anyway, like I said, that will be uh, that'll be one hour racy. It's me doing the presentation, getting the team on board with a spectrum of care approach. It is Tuesday, September the 19th at noon Eastern time. It is uh, sponsored by Nationwide. Also, I have got a webinar on demand for you. It is, uh, it is from Siva Animal Health. It is called Updates in Canine Pancreatitis. Treatment Innovation with Fusaplatib Sodium for Injection. If you haven't seen this presentation before, it is a great uh, presentation. It's um, it's super, super action-oriented on dealing with pancreatitis, and it talks all about the new drug on the market, 
uh, Panaquel CA1. So anyway, that is on demand. You can watch that webinar right now. I'll put links to all this in the show notes. Okay, let's get back into this episode. But I hope to see you on uh, on the webinar on September the 19th. All right, bye. So let's let's say that we've gone through this, that, that this feels like a good fit that, um, yeah, that it feels like a good fit. I can see myself in this practice. You know, it seems like it's got a good culture. Um, you know, I've got a couple of other offer, offers out there, but but I think this is a very potential hospital, a high potential uh, for me to, to, to fit in here and, and, and do well. How do, um, how do job candidates open those conversations up or, or do they, or do they wait and allow the potential employer to open the conversations up? So they should wait and let the employer bring the compensation discussion first. That's that's always been my uh, recommendation based on my experience is let the employer bring it up first because, um, you know, at the end of the day, you know, you're either going to, the employer's going to want you or they're not. And anything that you do or say in the interview process, you know, in saying it too early could be a deterrent from getting an offer. Your goal mm-hmm. when you go to interview for a position is to get an offer. The first step is to get an offer. Once you get the offer, then you have leverage because you're the candidate of choice. And then if you don't want to take the first offer that's on the table, you can negotiate that offer. But if you don't even get an offer because of something that you said and did, you know, early on, then you don't have any leverage um, to negotiate. So first step, see if it's a good fit. If the employer wants to hire you because you're the candidate of choice, let them bring up compensation first. If they're going to make you an offer, let them make you their best offer. And then if you want the position, negotiate. Yeah. So you, you've played both sides of the table and you've, you know, as a recruiter, you have, uh, you have helped people get positions and then you have also helped employers find people who get positions. One of the sentiments that I hear a lot in practices is, um, people are, they're, they're, they're optimistic about getting a veterinarian. And, and there's, I heard something as it was Karen had mentioned something like the average veterinarian now seeking a job has something like 17 you know, potential offer, or there's 17 open jobs for every one veterinarian that's looking for them. It, it's it's uh, ridiculous numbers. And so I know a lot of practices that are, or they're working shorthanded. They are like, they dream about getting another doctor in just to help with the workload and, and, and they want, and they feel like they've, they've possibly found someone who would be a good fit and they want it so much. And they're terrified that they're going to, to, uh, give an offer that's that's going to be dismissed out of hand, and they say, "Well, this is kind of what I can offer, uh, and this is what we feel is a is a good offer that we can make." But we don't want to get dismissed out of hand. Um, how do you present an offer as the employer, Stacy? Like, are there ways you put it forward um, so that you say, "This is this is what we think we can do." I, I, I want to turn that, you know, obviously I want to turn this into a discussion, not into a, this is what we have. And the person goes, no, I'm sorry. How, how do I, how do I open that conversation up if the employer is the one who should bring the offer? Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question. And before I answer yesterday, I was talking to my LinkedIn rep and she was showing me a new, uh, to a new analytics tool on LinkedIn. And we pulled up uh, veterinarian jobs on there. And there are, it was like 10,352 or something open wow. veterinarian jobs on LinkedIn. Uh, that was just yesterday. And then the last time I checked the AVMA site, which was a few weeks back, it was close to 5,000. It was just under, you know, 5,000 open positions. And then one of my clients just today, she sent me an article. I haven't had a chance to read it yet, but I skimmed it and she was telling me what it was about. This article she sent me said it takes 16 months to hire a veterinarian on average in the U.S. right now. And so you're an employer, you've got a candidate, you want to hire this person, you want to make an offer, what do you do? Well, my recommendation is not just to, 
you know, make the offer that you're thinking about right out of the gate, you know, first ask the candidate what they want. Uh, so let, like you said, you've been on job interviews where you felt wanted. Everybody wants to feel that Mm -hmm. way. They want to feel this employer wants me. Um, so the employer should express to that candidate, you know, we think you'd be a great fit here. We want to hire you. We'd love to make you an offer. But before I make you an offer, I'd love to know what offer would you accept? What would it take for you to come here? Let's talk about that. And then open up that discussion where the candidate can speak to that and let the, the candidate can let the employer know what it will take to get them hired. I like that. That that's uh, that's really good wording. I, I very much like that. That's um that's that's letting them know that that you're you're interested and you would like to sort of move forward and then and ask them about their expectations. I like it a lot. All right, great. So this this all feels like a good a good sort of setup here. We've got some good communication. It sounds like we're sort of opening this up in sort of a low stakes setting to talk about what everybody wants to get out of it. I I, I like that very much. When you're the when you're the job seeker. And you're sort of starting to talk about what's important to you. Are there are there tips about communicating what you care about, or are there pitfalls that you have seen where people, uh, you know, really kind of drop the ball or, or or turn people off as they're communicating what's important to them? So 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 let's let's move on to this conversation. So just the other day, there was a candidate that was going to talk to one of our clients, and she was going to receive her offer. So the client had set up a Zoom call, and the candidate was supposed to show up on the. Zoom call to receive her offer. Well, the candidate failed to show up to receive her offer because she forgot. Oh no. First step is show up for that conversation. Yeah. You know, yeah. don't forget. Um, so a funny story that just happened in the last week is um, there was a candidate that showed up for a conversation in her pajamas sitting in her bed. Wow. Really? <laughs> really. <laughs> a, a different a different candidate, not the one that didn't show up. This one showed up uh, for a conversation with the employer in her pajamas, in pajamas. In the bed. Yeah, yeah it's like i couldn't you know like i couldn't get going a little any, any earlier this is this is you know this is my nap time it um, shows that it's not that important right yeah because if it, it was an important message. conversation you'd, you'd get up you'd get dressed you'd you know not have your bed as your backdrop so um you know th- and i now i've forgotten the, the question well, no, i was i was asking for <laughs> asking for tips but like you're setting the bar real low <laughs> you're like, like well you should show up and wear clothes um, and I'm like, okay, <laughs> check in, check. I got those. But yeah, so starting to communicate what 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 we're looking for in the job in, in a way that that continues that conversation. So best tips and tricks. Yeah. Um, so the first step is do your research. You know, from the candidate perspective, um, do your research. You know, go to sites like AVMA, Salary.com. Ask recruiters. Recruiters know what candidates are getting in the job market. So ask a trusted recruiter. Um, if anybody you know wants salary data, you know we've got that. We can provide that here. But you want to do your research so you know what's reasonable. You don't. You want to. You want to get what you can get, but you don't want to be greedy. So you don't want to ask for things that are over the top, unreasonable, um, unrealistic, especially for a new grad because new graduates coming out, they don't have any experience yet. It's their first position. Um, it has to be a give and take. In any employment situation, it has to be a give and take. You're probably not going to get everything that you want. Uh, so rank the things that you want in the order of priority. What's most important to you? And then when the employer opens up that conversation, you know, let them know this This is what I, what I would like. But remember that it is a give and take. You're probably not going to get everything. Focus on what's most important. And don't keep coming back with one more thing, one more thing, one more thing. And I've seen candidates do this all the way at the point where they've accepted an offer 
Oh, by the way, can I have one more thing? Um, that comes across as being greedy. Yeah, it's nickel. It's it makes you feel nickel and dimed. It's you know what I mean. Of just just uh, if you had even presented it all at the beginning, that would have been different from the just sort of continuing to tag on little asks on and on and on. That yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Okay, so we've we've we've, we've come into the conversation. We're wearing clothes. We're uh, we're <laughs> we're laying out. We're sort of trying to lay out. I really like the idea of, of sort of prioritizing what is important to you. I had a friend in vet school. Um, and, and time off was what she cared about. She was very flexible in salary, but she wanted at least three weeks off during the year because travel was her thing. Like that was her, that was, that was why she was working it so she could travel. And so, um, she ended up taking a very, you know, modest salary, but she was off, I think four weeks, you know, something like that, which is, which, which our European listeners are like, that's normal. It's like in the States, not so much. Um, we just, we just had a candidate last week that was going to interview with our clients. So we were in the process of setting this veterinarian up for an interview and he went back to his current employer. I don't know why people do this sometimes when they go back to their employer and tell them they're interviewing. Um, but he went back to his current employer and told him he was interviewing and they said, what would it take to keep you? And he said, uh, more paid time off. They gave him two months of paid time off. Wow. And so he decided to stay and renew his contract there and ended up not going to interview with our client. Oh, wow. So yeah, it, everybody's got, everybody's got a thing. And so it just makes sense to know, to know what, what do you really want? I think a lot of people, I've been thinking a lot about this recently in, in, in other contexts, but we all have this idea of what we should do or what applicants should do or what your employment contract should be. And none of that stuff really matters. You know, it, it's not about what it should be. It's, it's what do you, what do you need or what do you, you know, what, what makes sense for you in the world? So I don't know. Do you agree with that? Every situation is unique. We have clients that do this. I recommend it. it. It's not a one size fits all package. So when you're an when you're an employer and you're hiring, um, it's don't have a one size fits all package for every one of your employees. Find out what's important to each one of them. Uh, for somebody, it might be a higher salary. For some person, they might want to they want to work on straight salary. Somebody else might want to work on pro sal. Uh, somebody else might want more time off. Somebody else might want more continuing education. Um, somebody else might want to negotiate a new piece of equipment or new, you know, new training. Um, so find out what's most important to that person. Try to cater to what they need. And that that's going to help you retain that person longer. That makes sense. All right. So coming to sort of the end of the discussion here. So hopefully we've had a good back and forth and everybody sort of started to talk about what's important to them in a way that doesn't feel threatening or doesn't feel, make the other person feel judged. And so we were coming to that conversation. Now we're sort of moving towards an agreement. Uh, any words of advice on actually reaching agreement? We've talked about uh, about what's important to me. We've talked about what's important to the potential employer. Um, any any advice that you can give on helping people actually get over the hump and and, and come together and, and shake hands on the other side? Yeah. So, um, like I said, you know, wait for the employer to bring up the um, the discussion. Let them know what you want. Um, try to give it to them all at once, so you're not doing the you know back and forth thing like we talked about. And then uh, I would say that, you know, don't necessarily accept the first offer. Um, there is um, there is usually some room to negotiate, um, but make sure that you're getting the things that are the highest um, priority to you. And then if it's not what you want, um, you know, let them know that if they're not able to offer and you've got some other options, uh, you don't have to accept the offer. But, it, you know, but if it's a place that you want to work um, and you feel good about the offer, 
Um, you know, feel, I would say one thing too, um, don't take too long to make a decision on the offer mm -hmm. because I have seen, um, veneer practices, you know, they, they make someone an offer and they take two months to decide they'll keep interviewing and then, and they'll make other offers. And so if they extend the offer and you're sitting on it and then you decide somebody else might take the offer and then they might have to take it off the table. But once you get to the point where you feel good about it and, uh, most of your, um, concerns have been addressed and you feel like, you know, even though it's not everything, it's still a good offer and it's the place you want to work. Um, you know, don't turn down a good offer just because it's not everything you want, because it is a two way street. You don't want to yeah. you know, appear greedy. No, that 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 totally makes sense. Stacy Brazell, thank you so much for being here and talking me through everything. This is this has been really awesome. Uh, I I always love having you on the podcast. Where can people find you? Where can they learn more about you and the vet recruiter? Yes. Yeah, so uh, my website is www.thevetrecruiter.com. Uh, you can email me. My email address and phone number are on the website. I'm also on LinkedIn. And my last name is P-U-R-S-E-L-L. -L. Some people um, put a C in there, but it's an S. I could see that. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for being here. Gang, thanks for tuning in. I hope everybody enjoyed this. I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Andy. And that's it. That's what I got. Thanks for being here, guys. Thanks to Stacy Purcell, the vet recruiter, uh, for sharing her knowledge. I, I enjoy her. Um, anyway, gang, if uh, if you enjoyed the podcast, leave me an honest review wherever you get your podcasts or uh, share it with your friends. That's how people find the show. Uh, it's you know I love making this stuff. I, I, I love it when people get something out of it. So help me help me find people who could benefit. Anyway, take care of yourselves. Be well. Talk to you soon. Bye.